Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Mark chapter number four. We're back in our series finally, thank the Lord. Mark chapter number four. Uh, and we're going to learn the mysteries of the kingdom. The mysteries of the kingdom. We'll, we'll, we'll read a uh, few verses here and then uh, we'll pray and I'll let you sit down and, and we'll do a, just a little brief review catch you up where we are, and, uh, and then give you what God has given us today. Man, it could be saved. Man, I'm telling you. I, I, you say, well, you done said that one time. Listen, if you get over being saved, you forgot where you was headed. I'm telling you. Amen. All right, Mark chapter number four in verse number 21. That's where we stopped last time, verse 20. So let's begin in verse number 21. If you're there, say amen. amen. And he said unto them, is a candle, the them is his disciples, okay? He said unto them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that shall hear, shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep, and rise night and day, and the seed should spring, and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, <coughs> which when it is sown in the earth, is less than all of the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown... It groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for a great time of worship and fellowship and singing and praise. Lord, we thank you for this word that we have that's, that's infallible, inerrant, it's perfect. And God, it has the ability to cut deep and it has the ability to heal. It has the ability to convict and to draw people to you. Lord, please teach us now in your word. Help me to deliver what you've given me. And God, I pray that I won't say anything that I'm not supposed to. Don't let me say anything I don't need to, but don't let me forget anything that's important. Don't let me forget anything I need to say. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, it's evident that the Holy Spirit is in this place today. And I pray that he'll have full reign and full control here and in Fairview and in the places where it is being watched online. God, I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I need to, I need to explain just a few things. First of all, the, the word kingdom is so important in this chapter. It is so important for you to understand that Jesus has a kingdom. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Uh, and he came to start his kingdom. He came to begin his kingdom and build his kingdom. 
And we, we have to understand the end of chapter three and the beginning of chapter four to understand this portion of chapter four. So let me give you just a brief review and reminder of what took place at the end of chapter three. If you will remember, uh, there was massive, massive crowds around Jesus in the end of chapter three. And there were friends that came uh, from Nazareth and family members who said, Jesus has lost his, his mind. He's done gone crazy on us. You see, he had done miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Then, then there was a group, the scribes, they said, uh, it's not that he's crazy, he is demon possessed. He's doing what he's doing by the power of Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. He is, he, is, he is wicked, he is evil, he's possessed of the devil. He does what he does by the power of the devil. So after all of the teaching, after all of the miracles, after all of the demons he cast out, after all of the healings he performed, their conclusion was he's crazy or he's demon possessed. Are y'all following me? That leads us to chapter four. At the very beginning of chapter four, he began, you see, up until this point, up until this point, Jesus spoke plainly. But now he begins to teach in what? Parables. Parables. And, and a lot of people have the mistaken idea that, that, that God began to speak in parables to make it easier to understand. That's not true. Not according to scripture, not according to chapter number four. According to chapter number four, it says that he began to speak in parables so that those whose their final conclusion of him was that he was crazy and that he was demon possessed. In other words, their final decision, their final conclusion was unbelief. He says, now I'm going to speak in parables so that hearing you will not understand so that, watch this now, this is, this is earth shattering, so that you cannot be saved. In other words, we learn that God did what? He, he shut the door. He said, no longer will you have an opportunity. No longer will you have a chance. I'm going to speak in a way where you cannot understand, and so you will not believe. And so he told his disciples, I'm going to speak in parables so they can't believe, and I'm going to explain them to you because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Now, that is what unlocks the section of the chapter that we are in today. Now he begins to explain to them the kingdom. Now imagine, imagine if you will, imagine if you will his disciples, okay? They've been, they've been following him. They've been listening to him. They've been learning from him. They were there when he did miracle after miracle, sermon after sermon, message after message. They have heard about this kingdom. They have been promised the kingdom. Uh, all of these things take place. And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, they hear him say, I'm cutting them out. I am shutting the door. I'm going to speak in ways where nobody can understand but you. Now imagine what those disciples are thinking. There's 12. This is an awful small kingdom. Are y'all with me? What does that mean? Does that mean that Nobody else gets in? Does that mean that this, this is all she wrote? Does that mean, can you imagine what's going on in their head? 
And this could be a good reason that, that, that James and his brother John, uh, you remember when they came to a, 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 a city and, and they rejected them, he said, shall we call fire down from heaven and consume? Jesus said, no, no, no. Now Jesus begins what we just read, and we're going to take it one section at a time. He begins to explain the kingdom. After he just said these are going to be shut out, the door is shut for them. They will not have an opportunity to believe. Now he says, let me explain the way it's going to go. All right, say that with me. Now let me explain the way it's going to go. And that's what these next points are all about. So if you're ready to learn, say amen. amen. He said, let me explain this. Verse number 21. And he said unto them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed? and not to be set on a candlestick? This is a question. For there is nothing hid which shall not, and, and by the way, the question is obvious. No, no, you don't do that. You don't light a candle and put something to cover it up. You light a candle so it can show light, so you can see. Are y'all with me? And then he says this, for there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret. Now, now what did he just, what did he just get through doing in the first few verses of chapter four? He just laid out a secret. He told it in a way that they could not understand. So now he's telling them that, listen, I know it's being covered right now. I know the kingdom is being kept in secret right now, but there's coming a day when it's all going to be revealed. And it's all going to be shown. So here's what I want you to do. Write in your notes. Take this down. This section we find, we see a priority. Write that down. We see a priority. You say, what is the priority? To, to shine the light. God is saying to his disciples, Jesus is explaining to his disciples, that if you have had the privilege of receiving light, you are to be shining that light. Are y'all with me? What does it say in John 9 verse 5? Look in your notes. John 9 verse 5. This is Jesus speaking. As long as I am in the world, read it with me. I am the light of the world. Jesus was that light that came into a darkness. Are y'all with me? People love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. But when Jesus showed up, the light showed up. Amen. Now watch what he says. Now, as long as he's in the world, he's the light of the world. But he's fixing to leave. And so he tells his disciples in Matthew 5, 14. Now he's speaking to his disciples. Verse 14, say it with me. All right, say it with conviction. Now ye are the light of the world. I started this thing. I brought the light. I put the light in you. Now ye are the light of the world. And here is a parallel verse to what we just read in verse 21. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Read it with me, verse 16, real loud. Let your light Say it again. Say it at Fairview so I can hear you here. Say it with me. God came to be the light. He put the light in you, and he wants your light to shine, shine. Say, what is that light? 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the 
the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commandeth the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Preacher, what are you saying? The gospel is the light. The truth and the knowledge of Jesus Christ is in you and it is in me. And the Bible says, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying you're the light. This world is dark. This world is in a bad place. This world is getting darker by the minute. But God is saying that you are a light and you have a responsibility and a priority to let your light so Is it? Is it? When we go into our communities, when we leave this, this, this building of praise and rejoicing and celebrating and, and worship, when we leave here, we are candles in a dark place. This community is dark. This country is dark. This world is dark. It's overcome by wickedness and evil. But the Bible says the darker it is, the brighter the light. He says, you have got to shine your light. And there's a comparison here. There's a comparison here. Shining light and planting seed. It's the same thing. Are y'all with me? Now, the, the reason he uses the light here is because he just said, I shut the door. Basically, for this unbelieving crowd, I turn the lights off. But you are a light, and we don't hide the light. I know right now, because of their unbelief, I have shut the door on them. I have extinguished the light for them. But they, listen, there's coming a day when you're going to be turned loose. You're going to be commissioned to go ye into all the world. And I want you to shine your light in Jerusalem. Shine your light in Judea. Shine your light in Samaria. Shine your light to the uttermost parts of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a priority of the child of God to shine your light. Tell people, show people, live it so they can see. Jesus in you. It's a priority. Say it with me. It's a That's why God left you here. To shine. Are you shining? Or are you whining? I promise you this. If you're not shining, you'll be whining. Shine. And, and, and number two. Number two, he's saying, listen, it's all going to come out. The truth of who I am will be revealed. He said, there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. He said, the time's coming, guys. This world's going to know who I am. Then he says this, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. That, that means this. That means hearing with, a, with an ability to understand. Are y'all with me? A listening ear. How, how many of y'all have heard your wives but you didn't hear? Because you were not. You're standing there, dead eyeball to eyeball, 17 inches away, and 
three quarters into the conversation, she sees that you've got that far away look in your eye. And she says, are you listening to me? And you say, man, what do you say every time? Yes. And then she comes back with this, ladies. Y'all are a bunch of non-trusting women. (laughs) Question us like that. That just ain't right. Yeah. We didn't have ears to hear. We heard, but we didn't listen. And that's what he's saying here. You that have ears to hear, I want you to understand this. Verse 24. Now remember, he's explaining the kingdom. What's it going to be like? How's this thing going to go down? First, he said, we have a responsibility to shine the light and plant the seed. There's a, there's a, there's a connection there. It's the same thing, shining the light and planting the seed. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given. And he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Verses 24 and 25, number two. So number one, we see a priority. Number two, we see a proportion. A proportion. What's he doing now? He's addressing the workers in the kingdom. He's addressing those who are, who are working with Christ to build his kingdom. And he said, let me tell you what. Here's what I need you to understand. Before I go any further, you will reap what you sow. Now, this is not in a, this is not in a way. This is not in a, a judgmental way or a judicial way. It's not because every time we see, anytime, anytime we usually, you know, you reap what you sow, it's usually we are referencing sin, right? But that's not what he's doing right here. He's referencing the kingdom. He's referencing the kingdom and he's referencing the laborers or the workers in the kingdom. He said, I want you to pay attention. I want you to hear that you need to shine your lights. You need to spread the gospel. You need to plant the seed because what you do, you will get a return. What you sow, ye shall. Not only that, but you're going to reap more than what you sow. In other words, listen, there's going to be a proportion There is going to be a reward. What's the point? We're not working for nothing. He said, I will repay. Look what it says. Look what it says. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But I say, he which soweth sparingly shall what? They're going to reap sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also. Now watch, here's the deal. Here's the deal. 1 Corinthians 3, 8. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are and every man shall receive his according to his. That doesn't sound like the American government, does it? 
You know why? Because it ain't. Now, let me, let, me, let me help you understand this. What Jesus is saying here is be careful how you hear. Because your hearing determines what you do. Your hearing and your understanding determines your actions. Because if you're not paying attention, you're not going to act right. But I need you to get that you're going to get what's coming to you. Not y'all. Let me, let me explain. We can say as temple that we've planted so many churches. But God is not going to reward Temple. He's going to reward Brother Mickle according to what he did. He's going to reward Brother Steve according to what he did. In other words, when it comes time for the judgment seat of Christ, for God to reward the saints, he's not going to say, hey, Temple, y'all. What's that mean? You're not going to get credit for what somebody else does. I'm not going to get any credit for all the service and labor my father did for the kingdom. I'm not going to get any credit because my mama was a shouting Sunday school teacher and, and, and did what she did for the kingdom. I'm going to get back what I put in. And not just what I put in, but more than what I put in. Because Jesus is a rewarder. Now watch what he says, though. This is everybody needs to pay attention to this last part about this. We usually gloss over this and 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 skip this part, but don't 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 do that. Don't do that. Look what it says. Look what it says in 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 verse number twenty-five. For he that hath to him shall be, and he that hath not, oh, uh oh, who could that be? Well, if we go back to the beginning of the chapter, we're going to find out there was four different soils. Are y'all with me? There was some fell on, on hard ground and the birds ate it up, right? There was some on stony ground that didn't have much root and it sprang up and they thought they had it. They thought they had it. But they hath not. Y'all see where this is going? Then you got one in the, in, the thorn, in the thorny ground where it came up, sprung up, and the roots, the, the thorns sprung up and choked it out. They thought they had, but they... There's going to be a lot of people that's going to... In other words, God's going to say, I'm going to take away what you thought you had. Those that are real, legit Sure enough, disciples, saved, born again, part of the kingdom of God, I'm going to give you what you sowed, but I'm going to give you even more. But those who were counterfeit, those who really didn't have it, I'm going to take away even what you thought you had. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying the Bible says to be careful. Make your calling and election sure. Listen, are you part of the kingdom? Are you sowing? Are you sowing? Are you shining your light? There's going to be a proportion. God's going to reward us according to our own labor. We don't get credit for what somebody else does, even if they go to the same church. 
even if they sit on the same pew, what are you doing for the kingdom? What are you doing as far as sowing? Number three, verse 26. This is going to help all you really sincere soul winners in here. We see there's a priority, verses 21 through 23. There's a proportion, verses 24 through 25. Then look at verse 26 through 29. And he said, so is the kingdom of God. He's explaining. This is how it's going to go. As if a man should cast seed into the ground and should... This is great. Rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately, he putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. Preacher, what, 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 are, you, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Here, here's, how, here's how our kingdom building is going to go. We're going to sow seed and go to bed. <clears throat> Let me say it again. We're going to sow seed and... Preacher, what are you doing? I'm not going to try to manipulate the ground. I'm, going, I'm not going to try to figure out a slick way. I'm not going to try to... Let me, let me translate that. Let me translate that into our language and what it would look like, how we applied that, that thought. My job is not to save anybody. My job is to plant the seed. Too many of us have the mistaken misconception that we have to save people. And we try to share the seed and plant the seed, give them the gospel, give them the truth, and then we try to convince them that it's true. We try to talk them into it. We try to turn our church services into something that's attractive to lost people. And we think we have to come up with a slick new way to attract people, a, 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 a slick new method to, to get them saved. Well, honey, you, you, you've missed it. You can't get them saved. Let me prove it. Let me prove it. Look what it says. 1 Corinthians 3, 5. 1 Corinthians 3, 5. There is a, and by the way, the point is there's a process. There's a process. It says, who then is Paul? Who was Paul? See, they were arguing. They were arguing in the Corinthian church. Well, I'm a follower of Paul. Well, I'm a follower of Apollos. And, and Paul is saying, who are we? Who are we? Who is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. He said, all I did was plant. Apollos watered, but read it with me, but. So then, man, we need to get this. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. I'm nothing, and Apollos is nothing. God is everything. Preacher, what are you saying? Quit worrying and biting your fingernails to the bone. Just plant the seed and go to bed. You can't save anybody. You can't manipulate this. You can't make a Christian. That's the problem with the American church is because we figured out how to and now we filled up our churches with a bunch of lost, disgruntled people who think they're saved and they're not. And they're, hello. Plant a seed. 
The process is left up to God. God is the one that gives the increase. It's our job to plant. It's our job to sow the seed. It is his responsibility for the increase. Are y'all with me? So just keep planting. Say, preacher, they didn't want to hear what I got to say. Well, move on to some more soil and plant some more. Listen, just keep planting and planting and planting and planting and go to bed. Let God handle the rest. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Look what it says in John 15, 5. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much what? For, read it with me now. For without me, say it. We're not the ones that bring that up. Matter of fact, matter of fact, he said, we don't even know how. He said, the farmer plants the seed, goes to bed, and it comes up, and the farmer has no clue in the world how that happened. Am I right? And I like this too. He says it comes up, you know, first the blade, then, then it, the point is, once it starts, it comes to a finish. God will get the job done. So just keep planting. Just keep sharing your story. Keep sharing God's story. Keep planting the seed of the glorious gospel of Christ. Shine the light of the God. Just keep doing that, and let's leave the results up to God. I can't tell you how many times that I had this slick sermon that I thought was going to bring mass revival. And it was the biggest dud there ever was. And then I, then I had a, a message God gave me, and I thought, well, this is just too simple. They're going to think I wrote this in the shower. And then God just touched that thing, and just people filled the altars getting saved. God has to remind his preachers every now and then it is him, not us. Amen? So there is a process. We're going to plant. And we're going to let God worry about the results. He says, guys, you're going to go plant the seed and go to bed because you don't know how this happens. You don't know how salvation takes place. You don't know how the inside. You just plant the seed and leave the results up to the Lord. Verse 30, let's finish up. Verse 30 through 32. And whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? In other words, let me give you another illustration. Because you got you to gotta think. You got to think what's going on in the minds of the disciples at this moment. All right, he done shut the door on them. <clears throat> He's done shut the door on them. Then in the first few verses of chapter 4, he said there's only going to be 25% of the people get in that you used, right? There's, there's, there's hard ground, there's stony ground, there's thorny ground, and then there's good ground. 25%. Out of all the sowing you're going to do, you're going to get rejected more than you get accepted. And I'm shutting the door on them. All right, we, we, we 12 people. They're probably pretty nervous about this whole thing. If, if we're going to have more failure, if you look at it that way, if we're going to have more failure than success, how's this thing going to come to be? Jesus gives them, last of all, write this down. He gives them a promise. He said, let me tell you how it's going to be. Let me tell you how it's going to be. Where shall we liken the kingdom of God? 
Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed. And by the way, that he, he's using that for the size. It's very, very, very tiny. Are y'all with me? Which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that shall be in the earth. But when it is sown, it what? It groweth up and becometh what? Greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Now, there's a lot of people and a lot of preachers try to make that apply to all kinds of things, you know, and all those little things. But let me just give you the truth. This is what Jesus is saying. We're going to start out small, but it's going to turn out big. That's all that means. We're going to turn out, we're going to start this thing small, but boy, when it's done, are y'all with me? Now look at the verses I put in your notes. Look at the verses I put in your notes. You'll, you'll see how this process takes place and this promise takes place. Matthew 10 verses two through four. I really should have put four on there because I left, I left Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot out. Uh, I, that was a sub, subliminal way of leaving that traitor off. Say amen. But put, put verse four on there because we, we can't leave out two, two more disciples. It started with, now the names of the 12. Now here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do so this will kind of pop for you, stand out for you. Look what I did on the side of my notes right here. If y'all can see that. If y'all can look on the side of my notes right there. And, and Fairview, if you can see that, just write right here beside. So beside the first verse, Matthew 10, I want you to put the number 12. So Jesus started with 12. Acts 1, 15. And in those days, Peter stood in the midst of the disciples and said the number of names together were about what? All right, what do you, what do you want to put beside that one? 120. So you've got the number what in the first one? Then. Now watch this. He goes to Galilee. He goes to Galilee. In 1 Corinthians 15, 6, says after that he was seen. This is after the resurrection. After that he was seen of above what? 500 brethren at once, at once. So what do you want to put beside there? All right, so what's the first one? Then, then, do y'all see a pattern? Look at here, verse Acts 2, 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them. So we got 12, 120, and Acts 4, 4, how be it many of them which heard the word believed. Now, we're just going through the book of Acts, y'all. It says, how be it many of them which heard were, the word believed and the number of the men was about? So we got 12, 120, 500, 3,000, 5,000, Acts 5, 14. And believers were the more added unto the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. I wrote the word multitudes. We go from 12, 120, 500, 3,000, 5,000, multitudes, multitudes. But let me tell you what it's going to be. Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, say it with me, the of this are become and of his and he shall what? It started with a mustard seed 12. 
but it's going to end up a great tree. Every kingdom of this earth will be our Lord's. What's he doing? He's explaining to his disciples. He's explaining to his disciples after he just told them, I'm shutting the door on this unbelieving crowd. The guys, do your job. You will be rewarded. It's up to me for the outcome. We're going to start real small, but it's going to end up. And all God's people said. Here's what I want you to take from this. Everybody look at me. Fold your paper up. I know you're dying to do that. I know it is. Just <laughs> stick it in there. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Look at me eyeball to eyeball. Look here, guys. Fairview, way out there. I've been keeping track. I've been keeping track of the attack on the church and Christianity in America. Been, been saving some, uh, some uh, articles and, and different things. And, and the last article that I saw, uh, it, it gave the number, it gave the number, and it's like doubled in the year. From, 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 it was a, a small number, then it got a little bigger and a little bigger. From last year to this year, it has doubled the attacks on the Christian belief and if you're not watching this stuff, I'm telling you, if you're not paying attention, you have no idea the demonic influence that's in our government right now. And the church is being attacked, and it's going it's to get nothing but worse. But I want you to leave here with confidence. No matter how bad it gets, we win. No matter how Dismal it looks, no matter how dark it looks. I, 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 have seen, I have seen on social media posts that talk about how bad the church is and how bad it's shaped the church. And I'm not going to argue with some of it, but I want you to understand the church will be here when it's all said and done. We win. The kingdoms of this world will be the kingdoms of our Lord and he shall reign forever and ever. And all God's people say it.